0: cheaters welcome to the always cheating podcast my name is josh i'm here with brandon
1: brandon how are you i'm good josh Uh, we were just talking about how this weekend right is it feels like the last weekend before the holiday explosion suddenly you have more plans than you know what to do with yep and i felt like watching the midday slate of fixtures on saturday the goals were flying in Mm -hmm. this feeling that the fixture pile up is upon us and there is a certain buzz in the air you know we got through that third international break and what did you think about the match week in general because you know typically coming out of any international break it can be sometimes dull teams are fatigued they've got players coming back late but i felt like game week 13 sorry game week 12 was intensely exciting tons of goals it it sort of bucked that trend of the international break sort of taking the energy out of the league yeah Um, so here we are staring down the barrel of the fixture pile up in the festive season and i feel like the 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 dinner table is set for some some pretty high stakes excitement
0: yeah, I mean it's interesting that that you bring up the the fixture pileup that's coming because that that was the thing I had this weekend. I mean, I wouldn't say that I fell, um, especially you know, I mean, I, I had a pretty good game week and I feel like I, I dodged a few bullets. And I think that what I did see though was you know with, with Diaz getting rested and just thinking about the Champions League coming up this week and um, you know a couple a couple of key players with um, some of the Champions League squads did get rested this weekend and um, and just. I mean, it got me thinking about my own bench and thinking about how I, during that kind of first stretch yeah. of the season, you really can kind of get away with it. You you, you really don't need a bench, maybe one extra player, just, you know, there yeah. were injuries and there's been some COVID cases and things like that. But beyond that, you can kind of get away with it. And now we're in that stretch where, and also I think with Chelsea in particular, it's, it's been, I mean, Azpilicueta was the one player who I suppose we thought would be starting more consistently and hasn't, but sort of... A, Otherwise, you've had Chilwell, James, Rüdiger basically playing every single one of these matches, right? So we haven't yeah. had too much chaos on that front. And I don't think that's going to last. I think that we're, we're about to head into to, to peak chaos here. And even though I will grant you yeah. that sometimes the rotation over the festive fixtures is not as heavy as people make it out to be. That is before Thomas Tuchel got his hands on the festive <laughs> fixtures, and I think we're going to see a ton of it yeah. coming up. And there's even more wildness to come because you have all of these African players are leaving for the African combinations Nations. Yes. Yeah, I think it's they're going to leave like I most of them leave after Boxing Day, right? So you've got a little more time to think about it, but you've already got to kind of keep that in the back of your head as well when it comes to the, the you know the players you bring in on your transfers. So a lot a lot to happen i i agree i thought it was an interesting game week too and even i think you know the average points is 57 which is a pretty high average i feel like that's higher than we've seen um you know the last the last few game weeks and um yeah i finished in 89 points i think you were in the somewhere in the 70s right so it was 73 both. Yep. yeah 73 yeah
1: I was, uh, my first green arrow in a in a few weeks so that was definitely welcome and um, yeah. In another interesting game week in the ongoing weird transfer saga. Thank you to everyone who's following my journey this season. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, my, my transfer this week was, um, was Rudiger out for Cancelo. Now mm-hmm. let me explain this to everybody. Uh, <laughs> A couple of weeks ago, I knee-jerked Diaz out because I was sick of like three clean sheet wipeouts in a row for City, and I had double City defense with Cancelo and Diaz. So I was like, Mm -hmm. Diaz's price was dropping, Rudiger's was going up, bam, Rudiger in. Yeah. Immediately regretted this decision um, because uh, this was uh, when everyone was buying in on the Chelsea fullbacks and I bought the center back. Mm Mm-hmm. I felt like I had to, it was almost like get in the DeLorean Brandon and go back and reset, like, like fix yeah. this mistake in the past. So um, I I also got rid of Cancelo in that same week where I transferred Rüdiger in uh, to bring in um, Chilwell. Uh, so this week Rüdiger out, I keep Chilwell, Cancelo comes in and then the first event of the game week is mm-hmm. a Rüdiger goal. And it's just like, week after week after week, um, I don't want to bring luck into it, but it's just like, it's kind of going a- against my transfer, my transfers, basically. Um, I can't complain though, because if I, if the goal was to go and rewrite history for Brandon, what I had hoped would have happened, uh, a couple of weeks ago was I would have Brought in Chilwell for Diaz and kept Cancelo, so that's where I am this week. And I got <laughs> right, him. Right. so so this week um, is is as it should be, except I'm missing the like 16 points that Cancelo got the week that I transferred him out. Right. So I uh, this is me talking myself into not being bummed that um, I dumped Rudiger yeah. before his 14 pointer. I'm sure,
0: um, yeah, I'm glad I wasn't around uh for for that that moment. It's funny because I didn't look at your team uh until later like near the end of the day, maybe, and i I was like, well, Brandon must be having a good week like triple trippy, triple Chelsea defense, you know it's like a- <laughs> Cause you didn't, we, right. we did our Patreon pod on Thursday. I don't think that was the consella move was on the cards no, for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I was, I was weighing up like many managers weighing up the, do I, do I move on Kane? Do I mm-hmm. move on Spurs this week? It would be a minus four for me to bring Harry Kane in. And yeah. ultimately I came to, I think what we would suggest would be the logical conclusion of, we just haven't seen any evidence apart from England's yeah. national team form to say this is a justifiable move. It was a leap of faith. And I credit managers for taking a leap of faith. Like, that's how you can get ahead sometimes. But I I, I couldn't justify it. And then ultimately, looking at my team, the thing we try to preach and always cheating is fix your weakest link. And I felt that, for me, the triple city defense, the way I had it set up with Mendy, Rudiger, and Chilwell – Yeah. Um, It was not helping me uh, in terms of, you know, just like loading up on Chelsea fullback points. Like if we want to talk about Chelsea defensive triple up later on in the podcast, I think there's a better way to do it. I didn't have the right setup and I felt like I had over uh, over invested in Chelsea and I was exposed on the Cancelo front this Game week proved that to be correct. So I think ultimately it was the right move for me to, to get rid of Rudiger. I just felt like I need to look at my team and establish what I feel is the problem. And I felt like I was um overexposed on Chelsea and underinvested in not City, but underinvested in mainly Cancelo. So yeah. that became the problem I solved over Jamie Vardy. We knew Jamie Vardy was gonna get a two pointer this week. Um, You know, there was always hope. Uh, But now Vardy is coming up again uh, into a uh, home fixture against Watford. And we don't have any other great answers about what to do with our forwards. So maybe I'm putting my – I've put myself in a decent position. So Vardy Vardy stays now for another week. The current – yeah, the current thinking is Vardy stays. um, You know (laughs) – yeah, you know, I, I want your perspective as a Ronaldo owner because mm-hmm. I think your plan might still be, but would be coming out, of going into game week twelve was I'm going to flip Ronaldo to Harry Kane yeah. going into game week thirteen. But we saw what we saw against yeah. Leeds for Spurs. So I like there. I still am not in love with Leicester. Leicester looked pretty, uh, pretty rudderless against yeah. Chelsea, even yeah. though Chelsea were just
0: they just make everybody so, look bad, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I, I, I want to give more credit to Chelsea than take away from, from yeah. Lester who didn't have d and all of that. So yeah. um, I think that there are just not many better options for me up front. Um, yeah. And
0: hey, we'll be talking more about four ways later in the pod. So yeah, I think, I think that I think I can sort of see the logic. I, I, you know, I don't know. It's all like so much easier in hindsight. I, I my feeling is that like, I'm just rolling like two Chelsea defenders, just Forever. Like, I don't know, like maybe all season, you know? Like they're just yeah. they're just so good. And they, you know, I mean, certainly I'm gonna start both of them at home to Man United as well. And so uh I
1: have two Chelsea defenders as well. Oh, that's true. TV. You've got
0: Mindy. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, yeah, and I mean, yeah, fair enough. I thought, um, yeah, I mean I think that one thing we were definitely both on the same page about was uh Kane and Son and just not really knowing what to I mean it's kinda of funny because now I mean I have two transfers going this week and I'm still considering one of the two of them because um uh, there, the options are weird, right? It's like, okay, like I, you know, it's like if you're looking for premium players, like players who could actually pick up 10 or more points for you, right? Like, uh, you know, players mm-hmm. are capable of getting a goal and assist who are available on a transfer this week. Your options are a little thin and it's kind of, your mind gets drawn to to Spurs, even though they haven't shown yeah. it so far. And I, I think that's exactly what happened to a lot of managers, you know, going into game week 12 as well. Or, you know, so I think it's, I, I you know it wouldn't surprise me. I think the the move I'm considering now is moving Ronaldo to um Ronaldo to Jimenez and then moving um probably Sar to it's kind of interesting actually because I've got Rafinha Gray and Saar, all of whom are flagged right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I'm assuming that Rafinha will be okay. Uh, yeah. he's he's know, flagged yeah.
1: for illness. Yeah,
0: um, which hopefully probably. isn't COVID. Apparently he was, he was supposedly vaccinated, so I you know, so who knows? But um but you know they often do to say illness for covid as well so hopefully hopefully it's not that but uh, regardless i hope he's hope he's okay but sure, um yeah. but uh so two transfers there and so the i think the move would be sar to to sun and part of it again is just that i i you know i feel like i you know i'm not totally convinced on foden so sun is, you know, just another, like the, like the, he's like a little more expensive, but I also feel like I would be solving sort of two problems at once. Um, and, and be fixing a midfield problem and a forward problem. Uh, the problem with Kane is that Kane is a, like your whole team has to be sort of warped around him. You know, he's like a black hole. Like he costs so much money that it's like light bends around him in your squad. Much like, much like Ronaldo has been doing for my squad. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and so if you bring in Kane, you only fix one problem right? And so Jimenez and son just seems like a more logical move depending on your team structure. And so I think that's, that's where I'm looking. And, um, but you know, with all that said, I feel like I really got away with it this week. I mean, I, I, I got five points from SAR. Um, I got five from Ronaldo. So he ultimately outscored Kane by three. I mean, there's a point last week where I was like, maybe I just move Ronaldo to Kane right now, you know, <laughs> like they're yeah. like equally, uh, viable and his ownership was creeping up there. And I was getting a little worried and so, uh, you know, I ended up finishing 89 points for the week, um, and up to 7,000 overall, which is, um, I, I has to be the earliest in the, in the season I've ever been this, this high up. And so I think, um, yes. that's that, which is pretty, you know, um, exciting and um i can see it in your
1: face josh you're you're (laughs) lit up like a christmas tree well
0: i am excited i mean you know i think it's uh i mean 7k at what game week 12 i mean that's like a you know so i think you know the goal now is is to finish in the top 1000 which you know i've never done before i finished 1200 a couple years ago um last year i had a chance and then i fell back and i finished like 3700 or something you blew it I blew it. I know. And I actually like still kind of annoyed about that uh, now. And part of the reason was I went for sun over Kane down the stretch. And I think it cost me like 25 hmm. points. Jump uh, in my
1: DeLorean and, and uh, turn rooted. Yeah, to Kinsella. yeah there exactly.
0: So that's, and I have to like decide whether that memory is something that um, should be guided my decision or whether that is a
1: kind tabula of tabula like, rasa, Joshua, that's the theme yeah, of this season. Right.
0: But that's always like the, that's always the struggle though. Right. Is it's like, yeah. I mean, like, yes, clean slate and all that. But if, if neither one looked good, you know, <laughs> then, then shouldn't you like look back into your history a little bit. Uh-huh. Right. And like decide whether, yeah. um, you know, like your experience with both them has, I mean, son is kind of funny because in some ways he always feels more appealing because he's cheaper and, um, I don't know. In theory, it, he has a clean sheet point in them. I mean, like, they never keep clean mm-hmm. sheets, but in theory he's got that. His mm-hmm. goals are worth an extra point. It's like these little things, you know. <laughs> uh But, I mean, you should look at his – I mean, if you want to laugh, Brandon, you should look at Sun's heat map for the last uh, couple of game weeks. It is like – there's not even red on it. It's just well, like – Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, Have, it's been pretty grim.
1: Watching the lead Spurs match, Kane was – you know, for us non kane over Kane owners, the both of us we tr- truly did dodge a bullet because he had opportunities, yeah, and it, it, to me, I left that match with if you were gonna go for one or two, one of two, son versus Kane, Kane would yeah. be the option because he just he had so many more attacking opportunities than son did now, of course, yeah. that changes week to week, um yeah. He, that you have to look at the the ceiling with Kane having penalties and well, I think we're going to talk a fair bit about Spurs coming up minute. and whether whether or not we even want to continue this conversation but classic
0: it, classic always cheating uh move of doing a key topic from the running order right at the top <laughs> because sometimes, yeah. it, sometimes it's just there sometimes it's just relevant and yeah. you got to get into it a little bit I mean yeah I you know, Kane is definitely an option as well just because um he does feel slightly Safer, and I, I actually need to watch. Um, I want to watch the extended highlights from today's match because I I took this match off. And I decided I, I saw the goals, uh, but I did not see the. I've I not watched like twenty minutes of this match because I, I didn't have Kane or Son. and then Rafinha was out, and I'm just like, well, nothing good is yeah. going to happen for me in this game. And it's like it's like a new increasingly if there's a match that, and I, this is like a lesson I learned during the COVID season, you know, and everything was so spread out. I was like, if nothing good can happen for me in this match, I guess outside of like a yeah. this pen or a red card or something, like just don't watch it because yeah. it, there's not going to be any, like all you, you spend the entire match rooting for bad outcomes. And it's just not a fun way to watch.
1: Rafinha not being in the lead squad was such a wild moment because yeah. he was the only player I had in the Spurs leads match him being out, a, meant that I had no player in that late game, and yep. B, there was going to be an explosion of bench points that <laughs> would, yeah. was going to annihilate yeah. uh, the the ground that I had covered on Saturday. Uh, fair enough. I still did claw back um, like 25K in rank, but yeah. um, I remember looking at a lot of teams uh, – late Friday night, Rudiger first on the bench, you know, who knows yeah. what's going to happen in this Lester fixture, et cetera. And, um, yeah, that was, I mean, huge, yeah. huge size of relief from lots of managers out there when Rufina was out.
0: Yeah. Um, I know. And I, I mean, I think like there was as many, uh, as there's other players out there. Yeah, right. So I think, you know, it's not like, all good news. It's, it's, it's a real like Twitter thing though, too, where it's like, you know, maybe only eight managers in the world got Rudiger first off the bench, but all eight of them tweeted a screenshot of that player coming off the bench. It's like a you Velvet
1: know? Underground album. Exactly. Didn't sell it's a lot it's of copies. the Velvet Underground. <laughs> they all yeah, started exactly. a band, though, the people who bought that yeah, album.
0: Exactly. So um yeah, but just to, on the cane front, you know, just to finish that off, I mean, if, if I do make that move, um then the other move would be SAR to any one of like pick your pick your like uh, pool of of five or six midfielders but we don't have this in the running order so let me just say it right now when it comes to all of these six million or cheaper midfielders like just just treat them like you're not holding them forever like it's like they're they're cheap you know and it's just like don't it's very hard to like to like you know really split these players up and 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 really rank them like so like one is like way better than the other it's like just look at yeah. fixtures i would weigh fixtures first i would weigh form you know second uh you know and then i don't even know then price third what i don't know that's like a that's like very off the back of my hand but like you know just like i think like fixtures in particular because like we saw like emile smith rowe right very talented player having a great season yeah but a six million player in a tough liverpool match is just not going to do anything right it's just not going to happen and so that's like the first thing i would think about right now is like you know if i, if I was looking at one of those players so um you know and i don't have like a, an answer to this question right now like who i think would be the best the best cheap midfielder to own moving forward. I mean, can
1: I get back to you after the game week is over?
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, like the, the one that I'm sort of, I feel like I need to start actually forming an opinion. This guy more is Max Cornet, who just keeps like rolling along now. I mean, he's got 15, 10 and seven Uh, as returns in three of his last four matches of five goals on the season didn't even start playing until game week five so yeah
1: it makes you realize how underwhelming chris wood has been over the years where you're just like that that was the heights we reach with burnley attackers and now corne comes in and shows them what it's really all about being an exciting fpl prospect on a bottom half of the table team
0: i still think that uh the gallagher is the one i'd want them he just seems like the most fun player to have you know uh it's like, I like that mane, you know, I like his, uh, I like his energy, his fire, you know, sure.
1: Like fun. I like his value. He's cheap. Yeah. yeah um, I like his values. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just a good, just a good dude. Um, yeah, exactly. Just a good, yeah. Dude. I, you know, I, I think some of us were thinking, oh, you know, Zaha, the, the, um, uh, classic, I'm going to say Zaha is a great differential pick, um, with the hope that he does something. And then I can say, I called it, um, the obvious pick is Gallagher because he's cheaper than Zaha. And the benefit is he's actually uh, posting far more FPL points than Zaha is.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, even like, you know, just just ho-hum, five more points from him today, right? But it's, uh, yeah. I, I mean, on the season, I mean, he's actually, it might be the first player who's risen 0.5 in price. He's up to $6 million. I, I'm sure. I'm sure that's not true. I'm sure other players. I, I think several players, in fact, on Chelsea alone, have risen that much. Uh, but four goals and five assists in the season for him, and again, didn't didn't play in the first match uh, either. So, uh, and I, I think the really uh, nice thing about him is that is he has three double digit returns. You know, as I was talking earlier about how, when it comes to Kane and Son, you know, you're, it's just like ideal with the transfer, right? I mean, especially when you have two transfers, you're like, I want one of these to be like a home run. I want one to just be like a player who could go into this game week and just get me 10 or 12 points. And you know, what's, what's crazy is we've actually been doing that with our, with our midfielder. Or I mean, with, excuse me, with our defenders recently. It's, just, it's absolutely wild that you can roll into a game week. I mean, I didn't even have Ben Chilwell this week, right? Like yeah. that's, you know, nine points right there, but it was 14 from Ruger, 12 from James, 15 from Trent, 12 from Cancelo. I mean, I'm not sure that I've ever had, what is that? 26, 36, 41, 50, I have 53 points from four defenders. I, Have you ever in 10 years of playing FBL had 53, (laughs) like that many points from, I mean, like, maybe there's like one time when a player got 27 or something and it skewed sure. the sample, but that's well, so yeah. many.
1: That, that's what's going on this season is the fact that we come out of game wing 12 with those types of halls from our defense. And that's not even the talking point. Yeah. Like, we have yeah. already established that, uh, all okay. of these <laughs> defenders yeah. are good and must owns in quotes for our fantasy team. So it's sort of like, we've already covered that. Yeah, And if you're not hip to it, it's time to get yeah. on board. So.
0: 55 points from our defenders and we're talking about Max Cornet. You yeah. Know, what's, what's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 The, the defense is like lifting up our seasons, you know, we'll come out of game week one and you think, here we go again. It's Sala and Bruno and the usual suspects and coming out of game week 12. Yeah. You know, you know, I can't be bothered to analyze forwards and midfielders. It's, Like I'm just like, as, as evidenced by my recent transfer policy, I'm just still continuously shuffling the cards in my defense because that feels like the most important piece of my fantasy squad.
0: I agree. But I think what's interesting is that feels like it is starting to settle in now, right? We've all sort of been making these defender transfers. It feels like practically every, I agree with you. I mean, practically every transfer I feel like I've made the last few weeks has been to, to, make a defender move, you know, to solve yeah. a defensive problem. Uh, or, to, or to you know or to or to make an aggressive like I want to have whatever Cancelo. Like Cancelo a couple weeks ago was like, I'm like, I this is a problem that I have to solve as soon as possible, you know? Yeah. Um and uh but now I'm feeling like that's kind of settled. Right, I've got five defenders, um, you know, and then, and then Levermento, who I think is just continues to be great value and and just occupies that fifth spot so well. Um, although we will talk later on about whether we want to go super duper sized with the defenders, Brand. So let's we'll table that for a second. Yeah. But I feel like I'm feeling good about my defensive team, right? My defensive squad right now, and so now I can move on to those thornier midfield forward problems, right? And I think that, and the point, I, the reason I brought him up a minute ago, is I just think that. There's a, a tendency sometimes that people have to think about those those moves for kind of players who you think might actually disappoint you, right? Like a six million defender is just like built in a lab to disappoint fantasy managers, right? Like you just, you know, it's like da- I mean, David Brooks was like the classic example of this, where it was just like that he had a great season for Bournemouth a few seasons ago, and it'd be like fifteen points, two, 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 yeah. fifteen points nine points, two, 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 right? It's like it's so hard to pick exactly the right week to, to have these guys. And so um, you really are just sort of, you know, like kind of bringing them in and crossing your fingers a little bit. But I think now if we, if we feel like our defense is settled, then now you can start to, like, make those gambles, you know? And just yeah. maybe you only bring in a, you know, it's like Emile Smith Rowe this week, right? Plays Newcastle at home. Maybe I bring him in for one week, right? And then I just, the next week I move him on to somebody else. And you're just it's like, been just shuffling, one- just shuffling these guys around looking for um, ideal fixtures. If you feel like everything else is settled in your team. So anyway, that's just something to, you know, to think about a little bit. Um, Always cheating Super League, Brennan. That's also a thing we should be thinking about. We should be thinking about that every day.
1: Always. Yeah, always. always. When I go to sleep (laughs) and when I wake up in the morning, always cheating Super League. Let's read off the top 10. Starting in 10th place, it's Philip Buffano. Uh, followed by Richard Hedberg in ninth place and Daniel Mind in eighth. Seventh place is Matt Alone. Sixth place, Stuart Dudley. Emil List in fourth. There is a two way tie here in fourth um, between Emil List and Shafan Shoaib. In third place, it's Andre Glushkov. In and second, it's Hold Music. Interesting recent episode of This American Life, Josh, Josh, about H-A-L-I-D,
0: this. H A L I D, Brandon uh, Halid. <laughs>
1: Oh, well, you know, I prefer hold music. Um, <laughs> greatest... That's
0: your, that's your uh, American. Uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: When, when, I, when I get put on hold by my cell phone provider, I am always thinking about you, Khalid. Uh, congratulations on rising to second place in the Super League, by the way. And holding it down in first place, it's Daniel Mason Abraham. Josh, give us the uh, update on where in the world uh, Daniel Mason Abraham is ranked. Yeah, uh,
0: he is ranked number one overall still, which is it's kind uh, of a big deal. Still, yeah. yeah, kind of a big deal. So, yeah, And as
1: absolutely. everybody knows, Always Cheating has claimed Daniel as our own. Uh, yep, he that's he right. is now he is a he is a national spokesperson for the Always Cheating Super League. Uh, uh, talk to us about what that per DM looks like, Daniel. Um, get in touch.
0: And, uh, and Halid Music, uh, known to his friends as hold music is, uh, 13, 13th overall. Uh, so congratulations to Halid too. That's really, uh, that's hugely impressive. Um, all right. So, uh, Patreon, we're getting close to our, uh, December pledge month, Brandon. It's sort of like NPR, mm. right? We try not to push patreon too hard we really don't um although we always like to say thank you to our to our news patrons but if you you know let's say you get an unexpected christmas bonus and you've been listening to the podcast for a long time and you want to support the pod uh maybe considering supporting us in december and brandon to kick things off this Mm -hmm. saturday yeah it's it's still not december it's actually november but it'll be november the last november of the year okay I am going to do, and you're going to do this too, although this is less important for you because you're not on here quite as much, but I am doing a full on social media blackout this Saturday, Mm -hmm. and I'm spending the entire day on the Slack with our Patreon supporters. It's something that I I want to be doing more of, and I get so addicted to Twitter that Mm -hmm. I'm going to force myself. To just, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like, I'm actually gonna take the app off all of my phones. Okay. And just like, the, okay. That's how I actually, I actually only have one phone, but I'm taking it off my phone and my, and my iPad. This is and, what it's like
1: to talk uh, yeah. to an addict, ladies and gentlemen. It's exactly. a lot of like, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna be better, I'm gonna fix it. Yeah.
0: Most of us are addicted to something. And unfortunately for me, uh, Twitter <laughs> is mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if, that, if that's a good or bad one to be addicted to, but, um, but on the scale of addiction, but yeah, it's, I'm, I'm taking the day off and I'm going on Slack and I'm chatting with all of our patrons. I'm really looking forward to it. So if you yeah. want to join in that discussion, go to patreon.com slash alwayscheating to support the cheaters. Uh, and you get access to an extra podcast each week. We'll do one uh, this Thursday. Actually, we'll probably do it Friday morning because this Thursday is Thanksgiving here in the US. So yeah. um, just a heads up on that front. Uh, but uh, just a quick shout out to our newest patrons, uh, Danny Bean. Welcome back into the fold. Danny, I don't know what happened there, Brandon. You know, talk to Danny. He disappeared for a while.
1: No, he, uh, You know, accidents happen when people are going mm-hmm. through their, you know, whatever. Danny was in, recently in Las Vegas. So, uh, you know, ah, what happens? I mean, what happens there? there. <gasps>
0: yeah. Whoa, <laughs> Danny, Danny he yeah, just got there. picked up by the cops. Uh, Jack, Jack Campbell, uh, Taylor Ferguson, and Balas Kashani. Kish, uh, uh, thank you to our, our newest patrons. And, and once again, a big thank you to, uh, to Hold Music, uh, number two in the Always Street Super League. Yeah. All right, Brett, let's take a break, and we'll get back, and we'll answer uh, some common sense answers to the biggest FPL dilemmas. all right barner back common sense answers to the biggest fpl dilemmas that's the theme of this week i like Mm -hmm. to think of that as the theme of the podcast always and i also like that we've answered all of these questions at the top of the pod (laughs) so that'd be kind of uh, (laughs) a remedial now
1: now we've drawn the outlines i think in the opening part of the podcast and now we get to color it in for our listeners
0: yeah uh, all right. So we have the first two questions, but I'm going to reorder things here a little bit. Okay. okay. Keep, keep, keep us, keep us uh, on point here a little bit. The first two questions are about defenders. And, and I think that's, it's really appropriate given how, uh, what we just talked about, I mean, given that the defense is what's driving everything and, and just, I mean, just to open things up a little bit first, do you think before we even get to like the questions, I mean, do you think this is sustainable, like, do you think this is going to like that five at the back is going to be a thing that we see like the rest mm-hmm. of the season or through the holidays?
1: I think it is to a degree. I mean, sort of what we were, what we were talking about the spoils of game week 12 and just double digit returns almost uniformly across these big back lines. I do not think that that is sustainable. I think that the clean, I, I think, I don't think it's sustainable week on week on week. Um, but like you were saying, like, are are we really going to diminish our investment in Chelsea defense over the course of the season? That I I, I don't think so. I think you're you're reminded of um, Liverpool uh, most recently of I feel like of the heavily invested in defenses you know, Trent and Robertson, and I feel like that was the only team. Uh, in a particular season where we were having that conversation like, well, are you going to go for Trent or are you going to go for Robertson? And if you're going to be really gung-ho, you're going to go for both. And it was only really about those Liverpool assets, and maybe you would want to dip into a Man City clean sheet possibility. This season feels like an anomaly in that you've got three teams in Liverpool, Manchester City, and Chelsea that are all offering that level of Trent versus robertson of seasons past uh types of returns yeah so the fact that you've got I, my point is the fact that you've got three different teams um that's a great diversification in your fantasy team yeah so it's not like if one team falls away suddenly big at the back. the idea of this big at the back falls apart no well you've got two other teams that are probably going to pick up the slack yeah this game week or that game week
0: yeah i i think that's yeah, you're right. It's just the the sheer number of players, and I, I think, I think the other thing I'll add to that is is not only are they, you have like these kind of Cancelo and um, Reese James types. Not, not only are they playing well, but they're playing really consistently, which I feel like is you know Reese James in particular. I mean, you know, it's talk about like, oh he'll get rotated, and it's like I'm sure that's the case, but like he's playing so well that he really has to play. I mean, Cesar Pulquera is an amazing player, right? An absolutely brilliant player who can play as a center back or or as a right wing back and mm-hmm. he can't get into that team right now because Reese James is playing so well. And yeah. it's, you know, so it's not just like rest and rotation. It's just like Reese James is giving that team something that they need at the moment. Right. And so, um, and Cancelo is the same way. I mean, if Ben many hadn't got arrested, you know, I, I wonder if maybe there had, would have been a little more rotation right there, but I mean, basically right now you've got him as the kind of locked in left back. And then Kyle Walker, who gets, not rotated as much as we all kind of think he does, but he gets rotated a little bit. And so you have sort of him, if he's not playing left back, he swats over to that right back spot. And it's mm-hmm. just, you know, so you have kind of those, those two are playing a lot. I mean, Trent is always, I mean, Klopp just doesn't rotate as much as the other two, you know, big clubs um, just in general. So um, he's always kind of like the safer pick. But I think I think it's just the fact that you have all of these players and, and Chilwell has, has played a ton of matches as well, right? And there was a little worry for a while, really until about five weeks ago, that he was going to be, I mean, he hadn't Marcus played Alonso. at all, right? Yeah. Marcus Alonso was that guy. And so I think, you know, I, you know, so I think, I think what we what we haven't seen yet is, um, a week of, of heavy rotation and it's, I feel like it's coming, you know, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, we have, so you have the, the matches this weekend and then a couple of days after that, you've got midweek matches. So the week after, and our, and you know, for us in America, the week after Thanksgiving, there are matches, I think on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and there are matches again that weekend. And then I think there's a Champions League round, and then there's matches again the following weekend, and there's another round of midweek matches. You have two midweek matches coming up in the next month. No way is Reese James going to play in all those matches, right? Sure. Like, and, yeah. and probably not Cancelo either, and maybe not even Trent. And so I think that is the one thing about defenders, especially fullbacks, is they they in general are a little more um, prime for rotation than like – I mean like, like Connor Gallagher – going to play every single one of those matches. I'm right? mm-hmm. probably going to start every single one of them, and that's Emil Smith Rowe, possibly the same thing. And so I think in Kane, you know, I mean, you know, Kane's obviously in a different category, but like he's like you know, kind of your your star forwards are also going to play in every one of those matches too. And so I think that is the one thing we have seen right now is almost no rotation, a lot of like a deep bench in terms of the number of players and. So I don't know. I mean, I think it's, uh, and also just like a really a run of doing extraordinarily well. Right? I mean, like Cancelo was was you know. I mean, it's just they've been so good the last two weeks in particular. That's really kind of um, it's almost hard to remember that they were ever off. They're like they right. ever had one pointers or, or you know. But Cancelo had what like three blanks and four or something like that before mm-hmm. the yeah. last two,
1: right? Which led to my frustration with him. And it's uh, just uh, these these players are. It it's something about that six million price bracket, whether you're talking about midfielders the way you were earlier, Josh, or yeah. defenders is um you know Cancelo is much like David Brooks is what I'm always saying. <laughs> you know, if if yeah. your if your star fullback uh and your FPL lineup goes through a couple of bad fixtures, you have to trust that um Yeah, you you just trust the rationale that brought them into the first place. And we were looking at the Champions League uh, fixture array for this midweek coming up. And Chelsea in particular have what is a must-win against Juventus. Mm -hmm. uh, And you would expect a full-strength lineup for Tuchel there. But then it's Manchester United at the bridge this weekend, uh, one in which the fans will expect to see uh, them... You know, put put Manchester United to the sword yet again. So I don't know. I really, you just really don't know how to predict the uh, the rotation that's to come, which is inevitable. Yeah.
0: And they play Watford a couple days after that, right? So that seems like another match that, that's that's prime for for rotation. So I guess, I mean, I, what is my point here? My point is that um, right now it's hard to argue for any approach except absolutely loading up on on um, as many. Um, Quality defenders as possible, but I'm not inclined to take Liebermento and turn him into another six million player because I think there's a little more safety in having a couple of midfielders and forwards. Who are not four point five million, right? I mean, like, you can't just like keep taking money out of your front line yeah. and putting it back there without, without starting to like cut into the bone a little bit and having players who just really can't do anything for you. Because I do think that we're going to start to see some defender rotation soon, and I think Levermento is good enough, or, or pick your player, right? I mean, Ben White, or or, or maybe you go with one of the um, one of the new Spurs, one of the Spurs players under Conte, you know, if, mm-hmm. you, if you think that they can start to get attacking returns. Like I know some, Ben Davis has been has been talked about a little bit. So fine, one of those players, one one cheapy, um, and I think that is still where where my inclination is because I still want to have some six seven million midfielders.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I don't know. Uh, yeah, going back to the uh, idea of is it sustainable or not? I don't think formation wise, you're going to be happy if you're starting if you if you put yourself in a position where you have to start five defenders every game week um it's just it's it just seems like a right right you're 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 marginalizing the attack where there is a really high it's odd right because the the ceiling we're we're basically establishing that the ceiling now is just as high for your defenders if not higher than your attacking players but still i feel like you've got to leave that door open for your attack
0: I feel like almost what I'm saying is just like get ready for some heartbreak, right? Because I feel like it's coming. Like we're going to have some game week where three of the top five defenders just don't play a minute. <laughs> yeah. And and then everyone just sort of has to like, it's like it's just a test of how deep everybody's bench is. Yeah. Um, and so I, I guess that's all I'm saying. Like it's hard to argue against a strategy being really heavy in the back. But um, in the meantime, don't forget to kind of shore up those bench spots because you're probably going to need them um, soon.
1: Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, I think yeah, you you've, you're maybe gonna get away with one non-playing bench player, and that's that's pretty much it.
0: So, all right. Um, question number three is uh, I grouped those two together, Brandon. They were kind of a, that was kind of a, a twofer. Question number three is: Are Spurs good? <laughs> are they good? <laughs> what do you think? I mean, oh yeah. So yeah.
1: this this segment is all about common sense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think Spurs are good. Now, you what what does that mean? Um Spurs will it they will take a lot from a come from behind victory against Leeds in front of their home fans. This was Conte's unveiling in front of the home fans. The energy coming out of that Spurs Leeds match will be very positive if you're a Spurs fan or Spurs player. And that's good. Um, but what you saw from Spurs against Leeds was um, wasn't super encouraging, and it it just feels like they continue to sit on the watch list for me. Conte knows precisely what he's doing; there is no doubt about that. So you would expect to see Spurs improve even more. So I I think I feel like Spurs aren't at that level yet FPL wise where they're warranting the, uh, that, that 10 million plus investment.
0: Now it's, it's hard to justify. I mean, I talked before about, about the sun situation and how I may, I mean, okay. Certainly not both of the, I mean, are Spurs good? No, you can't say you can't say they are. Um, and I, I mean, you know, like whatever good means to you, like, do they have talented players um, I mean, it's no open question. Obviously I wrote the question, Brandon. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm opening the door to in multiple interpretations.
1: Uh, when you watch the extended yeah. highlights of Spurs, Josh, wait until you see uh, the substitution <laughs> of Deli Ali. Like Deli Ali is like, he's, he's constantly looking for ways to complicate his look. And uh, this way he, this week he's yeah. found yet another way to complicate his,
0: this his, is like his James, appearance. This is like James Madison. Right. It's like every uh, James Madison feels very concerned about like how he's like looking when yeah. he goes out on the pitch. And it's never a good sign. It, it never feels <laughs> like a, you know, you want, you want, you want counter Gallagher, Brandon. You know, Randy, yeah. he looks terrible. You know, like it's, <laughs> uh, it's <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just, I, I'm clearly my, I just need to bring a Gallagher Brandon, just so I can root for him even, yeah. even more. Yeah. Yeah. I,
1: I think you like, should. All right. So, so, so Spurs, you were, you were reaching a judgment call here.
0: Well, I mean, you know, do they, have, do they have a good manager now? Yes. Do they have uh, talent in their squad? Of course. Uh, their midfield is pretty weak. They lack a creative midfielder. They lack really a strong attacking midfielder outside of Kane and Son. Um, so all, all the pressure is always on them, which I think, you know, say what you know about Mourinho. He, he did realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I'm not entirely sure why they haven't been able to find since christian Ericsson left anybody who can fill that role
1: yeah. Lacelso can't really get any minutes LaCelso is becoming a donny vandebake at wayhard lane yeah
0: which clearly must mean that he's not doing something right sure. like, i mean i'm not a sure. big enough spurs fan to know what you know but i mean yeah it's like they brought in bergwine i'm not sure that bergwine was really brought in at the level of an Ericsson though there certainly wasn't yeah. that level of you know excitement around him and is really more of a central midfielder, right? Like he's sort of box to box. He's not really like a, you know.
1: and say. and you you're thinking of, I think.
0: Yeah, did I say Tanganga? Oh yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Dembélé is what I mean. Yeah, so and Dembele as well, right? Like not like maybe is a little more advanced, but I I don't know. Even even is not necessarily like a full-on attacking player. So it's still like I don't know what they're what they're doing and so it's it always just puts so much pressure on Kane and Son. I mean, it's kind of funny that of course, you know, was it was Hoiberg who uh, picked up the uh, picked up the goal today, Brandon. I mean, Goal Machine Hoiberg is actually only 14 points behind yeah. Sanheim. Well, he, he was he right.
1: was feeding off the scraps of the attack. It was a, a great play and a, a smart finish by him. But yeah, yeah it's, it's not like he he created the move and, and he, yeah. he was just smart enough to be there when he needed to be.
0: Well, Lucas Mora's gotten some minutes. Um, I mean, he's you know his price is right, but I, I just don't trust him, right? Because he hasn't proven that he's He's trustworthy. I mean, it's still, you know, it's just still crazy that he had that insane hat trick in the semifinals of the Champions League a few years mm-hmm. ago. Like, where is that Mora? Yeah. Like, well, we yeah. just, we'll just just never say that again. Yeah. Like, on the, like at Ajax, like the craziest yeah. hat trick?
1: I don't think so. Uh, Mora yeah. was a liability for Spurs in the first half against Leeds. He came more, more alive along with the team in the second half. But no, I think there are a lot of question marks around him and he would be one. You know, came I guess more he, alive.
0: He, I liked, I like what you did there. It was very elegant the way you
1: worked his name into that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. His speed seems to be his best asset right now for Spurs.
0: So, so yeah, I mean, the, like, I, I guess like the reason I ask, like, are they are they good question is because like the question is like, can they um, turn it around in a way that makes their defense appealing for fantasy that makes their attack appealing for fantasy. Yeah. And so it's hard. It's, I mean, it's just hard to say because it, it does feel purely speculative. And you, you, you and I were pretty, pretty adamant about this, that like his goals, the Kane goals versus San Marino were not relevant to our discussion of fantasy. Like that is not, you know, I mean, maybe if those goals had been scored, you know, in an away match, um, in Spain or something like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. some like high pressure match where they really wanted to win and, it was crucial that they, that, you know, like, I, you know, I like but it wasn't that right. It was like, it was like a, it was an easy home fixture that he was sort of begging to play in, which he yeah. really shouldn't have played him. Right. Cause he's playing against plumbers and like, like roof builders. I don't you know. I don't even know who was playing in that match. Right. Like it's like a town mm-hmm. of 30,000, like I mean, Joe like, six pack. If you and I lived in a town of 30,000 and we were like, someone had to play England, like you and I probably would have been on that team. Right? I'm going you know, out like, for the
1: tryouts. I'm yes. not saying I'll make it, <laughs> yeah. but I'm I'm going to be there for yeah. the tryouts.
0: Like how do they recruit for that? It's like it's the weird I don't even like you've got to have like a San Marino connection, right? It's not like you can just like take it's not like, you know, taking Antonio and having him play for Jamaica or whatever, right? It's like you and you need to have like a San Marino passport or something, right? To, yeah, to it, it's,
1: it's interesting. There, there's yeah. a great documentary next goal wins about the America Samoa. Um, national team and there is a u.s military base there so that's where a lot of their recruitment happens and yeah some of these far-flung places i'm sure they just get they have to get creative like that's who's true. passed through and yeah. Who, who had sex while they were here.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and, and San Marino is actually in Italy. It's surrounded by Italy, right? It's like yeah. the Vatican. So maybe like if you just drive, if you're Italian and you drive th- on the road or something, you qualify to play for the, the team. I don't know. We'll have to look into this more. But anyway, the point <laughs> being that uh, the, as as kind of, I thought, the San Marino form did not translate into, into Premier League form. And I, you know, I think you wonder with Conte a little bit. It reminds me of when he first started at Chelsea where he sort of, was just gave everybody that was on the team like a chance. Right. And it was like, mm-hmm. all right, like, let's see what you, what you got. Right. I don't, I don't think he's planning to win anything significant this year. And so, you know, and I think it was that now granted he hasn't, he doesn't have to worry about a formation change like he did at Chelsea. Right. Where it's like, all right, let's try this out. And then they'd lost like five, two to, I think it was like mm-hmm. arsenal or something like that. And it's like, okay, yep. Now we get to do my, my, you know, my three, four, three. Um, and so I think that, I think we'll start to see that with, um, with Spurs, which is that, you know, he'll let everybody have a chance and then they'll either do well or not. And then he will say, all right, you four will never play for me again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you, I mean, I saw that Sassan Young got minutes today, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't think, I don't know, think he was replacing Ninja player or anything like that. And so I wonder if maybe he'll get a chance to, he came in for Region, right?
1: Yeah, he did. And I mean, he's not going to replace Regian. I think Regian. Sure, if you think about uh, the uh, Chelsea system that Conte introduced five at the back, Reggian probably fits it the best of, yeah. of any of them. But uh, yeah, I, I think that is kind of a classic new manager move. Like, okay, show me what you got. Everyone is yeah. going to get their window and that's just a way to motivate everybody.
0: Totally. And I think that's, I think that's, I think, I think some other managers, sometimes managers come in and it's like, they're like, all right, I'm going to do this my way immediately. Right. And mm-hmm. they sort of put in six new starters or whatever. I mean, you yeah, know, I mean, I think that um, uh, at Villa, I think that Gerard was was smart to just give basically the same team a chance to start this time yeah. around. Right. Like, it's like, once they sort of do it and you're like, see, like, this is why they brought me in because we need to change X, Y, and Z or, or they, or they, or they rise. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that, Looking at it through a long lens, I think that Spurs do figure this out. I think that it's still, as you said before, at the top of the pod, like fine to speculate a little bit on Spurs, but I would keep my expectations low. I wouldn't be captaining them right now. I wouldn't be doubling up on on and son. And honestly, I'd avoid their defense still, too, because I, I just don't trust their defense. I mean, any, any defense where Eric Dyer, I mean, God bless him because he seems like a really cool guy, but Eric Dyer is getting serious minutes. Just doesn't feel like a defense I'm going to totally trust.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think you're right on that. So that's, that's it on Spurs. That's a wrap. That's a, they're yeah. a, they're a watch list team. That's your common sense analysis is Spurs <laughs> are a firm watch list team. They'll probably get better. So, uh, start, uh, but sock a little money away.
0: <laughs> All right. What's the next question here? Brian?
1: Next question is, are we ever going to figure out what to do with our forward spots um, a few pieces of uh, insider questions from our listeners. Jonathan asks, are there any forwards really worth having? That is the true question. And uh, Rob W. mentions Denis. Uh, Dennis and Watford is now the fourth highest scoring striker in FPL. What the hell is going on up front? And uh, Gavin Doyle just puts it bluntly. Who are your ideal three up front? Yeah. Um, so, so you're, you've been, you've been kind of eyeing up Jimenez and I, I think yeah. my takeaway from game week 12, as far as forwards was I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of Jimenez in the same way that we were thinking about Antonio during the first month of the season of, okay, here is going back to the whole historical, uh, knowledge. Josh is. We know virtually as much as uh, about Jimenez as we do a, of Antonio. If he's fit and in form, this is a mm-hmm. good player to have. And Antonio came out in this season super hot, immediately yeah. in form, and yeah. he has tapered off a little bit. And where he has tapered off, Jimenez is starting to find his form, and that's good. I'm not justify. I'm not trying to say flip Antonio to Jimenez. But now is Jimenez's time finally, and he feels like he's going to be one of those uh, consistent minutes, consist, consistent returns uh, types of players.
0: Yeah, and maybe only a short term buy uh, because he. Um, I'm just looking ahead to the next six weeks, Brandon. Here, I got a, I got a little season ticker, Brandon, at the bottom of these questions.
1: I want to take a look
0: Here, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, they they played Norwich and Gaming 13. Fabulous, wonderful fixture. Love it. Uh, Norwich are a little bit like Leeds, where they're, they're the kind of like, like the absolute like state of their defense is probably a little overstated at this point, right? Like people were talking yeah. about that Leeds match this weekend with Spurs, like Leeds were going to ship like seven goals or something. And mm-hmm. that wasn't really backed up by how they'd, how they'd performed at least, you know, I mean, I'm not going to dig into the, 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 the you know the expected goals stats you know and, and all the matches that they play, but like you could just tell like they had solidified things a fair amount, right? And especially when Calvin Phillips plays. When Calvin Phillips plays, that defense is much more protected. And you also, and I and I think, and I rate Liam Cooper and Lorente. I think that they're, they're both solid center backs, right? And so they they kind of do. Anyway, the point is not to talk about Leeds. The point is talk about Norwich, and mm-hmm. it feels like Norwich have have stabilized things a little bit as well, right? I mean, they have two wins in a row. Um, they have a, a manager that I think is is certainly competent uh in dean smith um and and i think maybe slightly unfairly sacked um at villa and so um i don't know i I, will see what we get with them but regardless i think that wolves that that wolves match uh is one where i'd expect him and has to do something the whole thing with him and as is that people sometimes it's a little bit like rafinha i i suppose where people sometimes shy away from him because he doesn't get you um, he's not like one of those players who's going to ever score like five goals in a match, right? It's like it feels yeah. like it's always one. Like it's like there's like a cap, like that's just like that. Like the world has just decided that him and only scores one goal in, uh-huh. in a match, uh, maybe one goal and an assist, very occasionally. Um, and so it's you know, so I don't know, but I, I still, if I was if I was on a wild card right now, him and has be one of the three players that I would have for sure. I think the the Kane thing is really tricky, as we talked about, and and, and is a purely. Specular. I mean, you can almost go down the list of all twenty teams, right? I mean, West Ham. You've got uh, Jesus. Don't trust him. Doesn't start enough. Uh, is is basically like playing as a reverse, like out of position player at this point, right? He's a forward mm-hmm. classified as a winger. Um, so, do you want an eight point five million winger as your as one of your forwards? No. I don't know. I mean, like he's been okay, but not not especially, right? Um,
1: no, no. Yeah. You <laughs> not the minutes thing is. F- yeah, the minutes thing is a concern with Jesus, and this is not a I'm concerned about pep rotation. It's it I'm concerned about his position on the team. You, Phil Foden, not a striker, but on the, on the subject of minutes, yeah, he is integral to uh, the city attack at the moment, so he yeah. may get rotated, but that's not his downfall, whereas Jesus, it is his downfall.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and um yeah, I mean just all, all those long uh, international flights, you know, I feel like that's a big part of it too. And um so Liverpool don't even have a forward right now. Um uh, and and Firmino rotates with with um with Jota anyway. Burnley, no thank you. No Chris Wood. Spurs are Talk about Kane. Palace Benteke, dare we talk about him, Brandon? Like sure. it's you know he's he's been good
1: he's been in good form um he's been in good form yeah so the the so then you have to get into shrewd fpl management of um, i think is it, it's gallagher versus benteke yeah.
2: the value seems, seems to
1: like be a much much better proposition with gallagher and then yes agreed you crystal palace is not a double up sort of team so there you are, that through the process of illumination, we have ruled Benteke out. Yeah. So
0: it's looking grim already, right? We're sort of I mean, we have to double back and look at Jesus again. And so as I'm going through these, like part of my in the back of my head is like, well, maybe I just don't even have starting forwards. But then we get back to that rotation thing again, right? Like mm-hmm. if you're gonna have like two Chelsea defenders, you probably want to have all players who actually start in your in your forward line. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, like you have won 4.5 million forward, one million midfielder, like they're going to be called into your match probably a couple times, times, uh, if not more over the next month or so. And so that, and maybe that's fine, actually, if you're getting nothing from your defenders uh, from your, from your forwards anyway. Uh, I mean, Brentford, I mean, Ivan Tony has almost stayed in our squads permanently just by default, right? I mean, it's sort of been pretty disappointing, but he did score this last weekend. Probably should have had more than one goal. I don't know if you're, I actually watched that Newcastle-Brentford match.
1: Yeah, yeah, he had a clear shot and just launched it uh, straight at a defender. Unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know that was a
0: wild match. Like, su- like, I don't know. That was yeah. It was like you knew it was going to draw. It was the only fitting results for that match. <laughs> right. Uh, Man United pass like Ronaldo. Let's talk later. I don't even know what to say right now. Uh, well,
1: I, 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 I will just pause there. And I think for all of the attention being given Kane, given to Kane right now, I think that if you're going to do that you have to consider ronaldo now um that's just on the basis of of his ability of sure. united are in disarray but so so are spurs uh yeah and I, I think ronaldo can keep up can keep pace with with kane on current evidence so you know that's that's not exactly like a, an endorsement per se but um yeah. i if you're going to talk about getting Kane, I think you also have to give some uh, some shine to Ronaldo.
0: That's true. I mean, I almost wish that because Benyana played Chelsea away in game week 13, to me it's just like Ronaldo's just gone. Like he's just out of my squad. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't want him. That Arsenal match in game week 14, I think that could be a tricky one as well. Um, I actually thought Arsenal played okay. Like it was a 4-0 scoreline, but I thought Liverpool were just really sharp on the day. And yeah. so I, I don't really... Fault uh, Arsenal too much for that one. Um, yeah. There
1: was some uh, debate going on with our Patreons on the Slack about Liverpool versus Arsenal and um, is, is Arsenal, have they flattered to deceive over the last month? Is Arteta any good? And there's a thoughtful comparison of ages and that Arsenal starting 11 versus Liverpool's. Liverpool were ready to play that day. And yeah. they have age and experience, and they were just ready. They were going to win, yeah. and I agree. While Arsenal um, got um, got put to death four <laughs> nil, yeah. they they were a younger, inexperienced team that were trying to hold to a system that uh, they, you know, they. Yeah. I feel like they've they've learned a lot. They're growing. These results are going to come with that, and that's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I. I
0: Totally. I did not come away from that match thinking, oh, like Arsenal. It did, it did not feel like that Man City match in Game Week 2 or whatever, right? Like yeah. that one, they kind of got ran out of the stadium. And this didn't mm-hmm. feel that way. I felt like it got a little out of hand at the end. Um, right. And um, yeah, uh, but yeah, conga did not have a great match. I think that that didn't help either. Um, so yeah. And so Arsenal, I mean, I don't trust, uh, I, I guess this is how I'm going to, I've decided to answer this question, but I just look at every single, uh, forward. So just bear keep going here. Yeah. So Arsenal, I, uh, bombing, I don't, uh, I just don't try. I mean, again, it's like, it's all these expensive guys. Like if you're going to be more than 10 million, I really want to trust you to score even like at home to Newcastle, which Arsenal playing in 13 and I don't trust him. Like that's yeah. like a good like metric, right? If you don't trust them to score at home to Newcastle, just <laughs> just don't have them, right? It's just not yeah. worth not worth having in your squad. Um, Norwich, uh, I'm just not going to do the pookie thing. Fair enough. If you do, he's cheap. I don't think it's, I, don't, I actually don't think it's terrible, right? I don't think that's, a, I don't think he's absolutely horrible. New manager, Wolves and Newcastle in their next two. That seems like a, like a reasonable, like I could take a flyer on this guy. Like let's say you're just done with Tony. You're just like, I don't want any more. Any more of Tony in my squad, um, which I would, which I would not recommend doing, by the way, because uh, Everton lost Damari Gray to an injury and Harlison is on yellow card suspension. So there's really not a lot going on in that Everton team right now. It's probably the right time to play them if you're if you're if you're a really well kind of if you're a strong passing team like Brentford. It just seems like the kind of match where you could really put together some nice kind of combinations, you know, and, and yeah. You, and
1: I, mean, and I think the alternative to Pookie would be one of the Southampton forwards and, uh, Adam Armstrong or Che Adams. But if sure. you compare the fixtures, <laughs> Norwich, um, oddly probably have the better matchups for attack. They've got Wolves, Newcastle, there's Newcastle again. Yep. Spurs, Manchester United, pff, abysmal defense, and, and Villa <laughs> coming up, and it's yeah. a little tougher for Southampton, who play Liverpool in game week thirteen, followed yeah. by Leicester, Brighton, Arsenal, Palace, and um, I, I think those are those are uh, you know not necessarily the all guaranteed losses for Southampton, but tougher defenses. Yeah, and you get down to
0: Brighton after you after you look at Norwich and, and Brighton, interestingly, in the same category as Liverpool and Man City, which you know points to. How tricky the season has been when it comes to picking forwards which is that they both have midfielders playing as in, in the false nine role. Right. Uh, it's typically mm-hmm. Foden for Man City, uh, typically Jota for um, I guess it's not necessarily false nine the way Liverpool line up. But, you know, Jota's playing in that in that forward spot. Um, and that's, that's that's what's happening right now with um, uh, with, with Brighton as well. Um, and I, I can't think of his name right now. The. Yeah. Uh, no, um, give me a wait. What to Trossard, Trossard. Okay. Um, the other so tr- yeah, Trossard has been playing up front. And so it's, um, so again, yeah, you don't really want any Brighton forwards either. So Villa now we're getting somewhere interesting because I, I could be fun. It could be fun to take a flyer on our boy, Ollie Watkins. Maybe now yeah. is finally the time scored, scored this weekend. Cheap, very talented. We all like mm-hmm. him. We all rate him. What do you think about Ollie Watkins?
1: it it feels a little knee-jerk to me at the moment. The the energy was going to be up for Stevie G in front of the home fans, and the players are going to want to impress. You look at Villa's upcoming fixtures, it's Palace in game week 13, followed by Man City, Leicester, Liverpool. It's really that 1-2 in game week 14 and 16 of (coughs) City and Liverpool that worry me. In game week 17, it really does open up with Norwich, Burnley, Chelsea, Leeds, and uh, Brentford until you get to the uh, winter break. So, I, I think, I think Watkins is a great one to consider place on that watch list. And if Villa continue to look like they're improving under Gerard, then come game week seventeen, yeah, I think that's a pretty thoughtful move.
0: Yeah. Okay. So let's 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 table it. I'm I'm okay with that as well. I think that if you were just Trying to be a little different, I think it's. I think it's mm-hmm. worth considering. I guess if we trying to be, you know, if we move down just two there, if you're, you know, trying to be a little different, then I think maybe, maybe um, uh, Callum Wilson is the more fun, different version of that, right? Because they do have Norwich at Burnley at home in the next couple. I mean, the one thing you can say about Newcastle is they can score goals. I mean, they yeah. same maximum too. I guess suppose you could throw them in there as well.
1: Definitely. And yeah, this is the Eddie Howe way. This was the knock on him at, at Bournemouth is that his teams could score, but they could not keep clean sheets at all. Um, you remember the Cook brothers? Too many Cooks uh, was yeah, the, yeah. the Bournemouth way. But hopefully yeah. um, get Eddie Howe on that touchline and see some more goals. So yeah, I, the column, Cal, column, Callum Wilson is really one of the more compelling options. I think more so than St. Maximin because – just, just the edge, the the standard fantasy edge of Wilson is going to be playing a little farther forward, um, just yeah. in positioning, and he has the option of of getting penalties on your random match. Yeah.
0: I, the one thing I'll say in Saint Max, and I wasn't actually planning to talk about him, but just now, and as I'm thinking about it now, the thing I'll say about him is he has, he's he's point six million cheaper, and so mm-hmm. I think that you know he's a little easier to go from Tony to Saint Max. So yeah. That was, true. That's so that, that could be a consideration for some. And then um I think that uh Wilson, interestingly enough, is on four yellow cards, which I did not realize. So there's Yikes. at least a little risk of of you know of losing him to a yellow card, which would just be super annoying. Um, because you're already like, I'm I'm already taking a risk on you, dude, to like bring into my <laughs> right. team. Yeah.
1: So this is not a Diego Costa situation where you go into yellow card risk territory and but yeah. you know you're probably going to get a goal a match yeah. anyway.
0: Yeah. And so uh, then Southampton, you mentioned uh, tricky, tricky run for them, just kind of in the immediate future. So they're kind of like a team to table. And then you, you kind of an Antonio, sort of again by default is almost the the forward that we want, just because he's he's so talented. And you just have to assume it's like, it's like Cancelo blanking in three out of four. Like it's a thing that can happen. But it's hard for me to believe that Antonio is not going to be doing the business again in fantasy sometime soon.
1: All right. So to go back to Gavin's question to put a button on this, who are your ideal yeah. front fr- front three? Yeah. Yeah. I'm hearing Jimenez and Antonio. Does that leave room for a third striker that is of the more expensive variety? Or if I go both Jimenez and Antonio, I feel like it's just slightly too expensive for me to then get Kane yeah. Ronaldo, Lukaku, Vardy, et cetera. You really. Like if, you, you start looking at the the um, Armstrongs yeah. and Tonys and Pookies at that point yeah. for your third striker. Yeah.
0: I think Antonio, or excuse me, I think Tony probably stays at least a little bit longer. Uh, and I mean, because most of us are not on wild cards, right? And many of us have have tony and so he sort of um kind of becomes the the default option there so anyway it's it's very tricky as, we, as we've just explored um so is there a common sense answer i um, the common sense answer is that there's no um there's no surefire players there and again i mean it goes back to that midfield discussion which is that we yeah. we need to quit thinking about these transfers as transfers that we have for eight weeks and we should just be because there's no reliable forwards we should just be looking at two or three week blocks yeah. and sort of just uh, uh, mentally prepare ourselves to transfer them out yeah. very quickly
1: right and now that as as we're kind of saying our defensive issues are all we've got them figured out we finally figured that out now we can move on to midfield and forwards and we can start spending our free transfers not on blockbuster defenders but on marginal midfielders and forwards
0: (laughs) then it has to be done you know so uh, all right final question this one's an easy one brandon Mm -hmm. it's uh should we write off all non consello man city assets
1: 100 percent. (laughs) yes uh (laughs) I mean, the, um, let's see who's going to, okay. It's going to be Jeff Petter who asks. are we overlooking Bernardo Silva started every game since game week two and has played 90 in the last seven, six attacking returns in 11 at 7.2 million. Interesting price trajectory on Bernardo Silva. Enough people invested in this dude at the start of the season that he drops from 7 million to 6.9. And he has skyrocketed just in the yeah. last uh, handful of weeks up to 7.2. So way to go, Bernardo. <laughs> um, it, it it seems like I'm putting blinders on to just say uh, no thank you. But um, I, I think there are more compelling consistent well, – Maybe well, it's certainly uh, cheaper, right? I mean, yeah. it's certainly
0: cheaper than uh, 8.3 uh, right. for Foden, 7.2 for Bernardo.
1: Sure, I think now he, now you have to decide: do you want Bernardo more than you want Diogo Jota? And Diogo Jota, even though you, know, we, we're waiting for some, some injury news. I don't think it would be too serious for him, but he's yeah. going into a uh, January in which uh, a lot of Liverpool attackers are going to be away at Afcon. Yeah. And he's going to be getting a lot of minutes and I think that he yep. will be more consistent and I can predict more um what part Jota will play in the Liverpool attack than Bernardo yeah. Silva. So I think right there is the death blow dealt to the uh, the hopes of Bernardo Silva.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just not into it. I mean like uh, Jason could play in that spot sometime. I know I, I mean Jeff's right, he's played a lot of minutes but just no thank you i mean like we've like several several seasons of, of i mean maybe this is his his Gundogan year but i mean like they were looking to move bernardo this summer right and they just they just couldn't move him on so it's hard for me to feel like oh he's just like the most integral player now it's not, i don't think of him as a player that pep just absolutely loves the way he loves Gundo. um you know in that kind of midfield role i mean he's a, he's like a you know swiss army knife type player which is super valuable there um, it's just, it's never really happened for him in fantasy. And I just, I just still don't quite believe it. And yeah, I mean, you're, I think you're right. I mean, Jota's right there too. And you know, i mean, Foden. It's like, I mean, I don't know. I watched that entire match today, you know, bravo me. I don't know why I said it like, Good like it was like, like a major accomplishment. I, I watched most men's city matches, but I, you know, I just didn't feel like, um, and I feel like this has been true a fair amount, which is just that Foden is a hugely talented player who, um, you know, maybe he could have scored in a header today. Sure. Like he's he a, he a very, he's an excellent player. And it's hard to want, but it's hard to watch these matches and feel like, oh, yeah, like I need to get this guy in as soon as possible. Yeah. Right. It just feels like you can get away with it not having him.
1: He will have his matches, which are those matches where you're just like, wow, exciting, incredible young talent. But he he, he just pushes so far out. He's on the touchline and Cancelo is right there with him. And I don't, it's not like Trent and Mo Salah playing off of each other. It's more, Yeah, they're they're both just two pieces of this giant Voltron, and Cancelo is probably the the stronger option.
0: I mean, just compare him to how you feel when you see like Chilwell or Reese James playing a match, and you're like, it's like if if you don't have them, you're like, it's like I have something about Chilwell right now. Even though I've got two Chelsea defenders, I'm like, it's crazy that I don't have Chilwell. Like I I desperate to bring you know to, to bring him in just because he looks so good and so attacking in all of these matches and. I just don't get that feeling with Foden, right? I just don't get that feeling of, like, oh, man, like, I just really want to bring this guy into my into my squad, you know, as soon as
1: possible. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Chilwell was, oh, God, he was so intent on scoring a goal against He, he really
0: it was, could it have was had two. almost yeah.
1: cruel what he wanted to do to those poor Leicester fans.
0: Um, <laughs> almost so. scored, right. yeah, scored at the post early, and then I feel like Schmeichel had his best save of the match uh, on a, on a, on a Chilwell chance down in low. the second half, too. Yeah. yeah. All right, on that note, Browns, quick break. We'll get back, and we've got a lightning round of What's Up with Player X. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Grainger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right. Uh, topic number two. Brandon, what's up with Player X? Light you around time. All right. So we got a bunch of questions here about various players. And uh, I have... I, you know, I feel like a lot of times the the question that someone asks us is a very long question, but what they really, all, all they really mean is what's up with so-and-so, <laughs> you know? And so I've, I've taken sure. all these questions uh-huh. and, and broken them down into what's up with so-and-so. So Sam Driver says, what's up with Tony and Mbomo?
1: Well, I think uh, what's up with Mbomo is uh, the emperor has no clothes uh, and, and you just got to get rid of this dude. Um, yeah, I understand he continually hits the woodwork, but it's, it's like, okay, now if, if you haven't figured it out yet, it's, it's time. Now's the time. Um, a post hitting the post is not a goal. It is a missed <laughs> chance. It is bad for bonus, um, at the, at the very least. Yeah. And Tony, uh, I think everyone would agree. He's been, um, a bit of a disappointment for what potential he has, but, uh, he, he is involved and yeah. I mean, okay. So I, I don't want to talk about, uh, these players in two different ways or in Bomo, if he continues to hit the woodwork, he, he's involved too, but Tony more central Tony, yeah. um, is just, it fits better into an FPL team structure as well. Yeah. And as we kind of tried to figure out who are the better, uh, forward options, uh, at a certain yeah. price point and Bomo tons of competition and I think he could do better. Tony less so.
0: Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's exactly a ton, ton of competition. And looking back, I was just want to pull up on, on, um, transfer market. What um, Bomo you know, did last season. I mean, eight, eight goals and 11 assists in 44 matches. So it's impressive. But, uh, if you compare it to what Tony did last season, it's like Tony, I know it was a a level down, but Tony does have like a 30 goal season under his belt, right? Like, it's like, you sort of feel like, like he's actually able to pull this thing off and he's going to be able to actually like have a couple of explosive matches, which you've already seen a little bit of, right? He, I mean, Tony, and and again, I mean, like, just like from a practical standpoint, like one of them scored this weekend and one of them didn't. Right. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a testament to how we've all been kind of burned on Tony that he got six points and we're all just like, Whatever. I guess I'll keep him. You know, it's like six points yeah. is like the most anyone's gotten from a forward in the last like month and a half. <laughs> and we're like, oh well, you know, I guess yeah. I guess he sticks around. And so um yeah, I, I feel like um there's so many players I'd want in that bracket um
1: more than more than Bomo. And
0: the other fixtures are not quite as solid as they were for that. If Mbomo was gonna do it, he would have had to do it in the last, you know, handful of weeks
1: okay uh cornet is the next player what's up with cornet josh
0: <laughs> well i I, he, I just think he's interesting i mean it's sort of i mean to me it's the 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 tension is between the fact that he plays for burnley and the fact mm-hmm. that he's looked awesome and five was,
1: five goals since game week uh six
0: yeah i mean that's a, that's a lot right yeah. that's like a very impressive especially for burnley right we're not yeah. talking about a you know, a team that's like free flowing and attacking where everybody gets a piece of the pie or whatever, right? Like, yeah, to, right. To, I mean, like, you know, like uh, the the Burnley forwards, you have a good season if you score like 10 goals, right? He's already he's done that like seven weeks. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, I think it's, he's really interesting and, and maybe just, you know, I think it's kind of, it's a, you know, credit to Deitch for, for finding him and, and, and bringing him in and, you know, not just rushing him right out there. It feels like he got a few weeks to kind of, um, get acclimated so mm-hmm. um yeah i mean i'm sort of I, i'm interested i mean i i would be lying if i said i had like a other than like seeing highlights and thinking wow like this guy looks good i yeah. mean it's not like i'm just like sitting around just like like kind of the days but he's just like he's just very much on my radar and it, it just seems like fun right because um a goal scoring midfielder who plays very far forward and is owned by two percent of of fantasy like yeah. that is like a dream player, right? And and in a, a pretty okay run of fixtures too. Spurs, Wolves, Newcastle, West Ham, Watford the next five. That's pretty solid.
1: Definitely. All right. Cornet, I I I I frankly have no opinion on this guy. Um seems great, seems fun. Uh Dan Parsons wants to know, what's up with Mane? Now Mane, um he seems like he got over whatever funk he may have been in over the summer and into the start of the season. And uh, he, I think he looks fantastic. Now, if you go into uh, a wild card, say, and you want to do that, that front line we were talking about where it's Tony, Jimenez, and Antonio, you may have enough money to have Mane over Jota. And if that were the case, alongside Salah, of course, I do think that Mane is... Um, more compelling in the short term than Jota. Now Mane will play for Senegal after the festive fixtures, and that's a tough break for fantasy owners. But I, I'm into Mane. What's up with him? It's good. It's good vibes. It's good FPL content.
0: Yeah, I, I just wish it wasn't so expensive. You know, I mean, I, I mean, I guess like the other way to think about it is like we're all looking at Harry Kane, right? Who costs more than Mane. Yeah. And you could just have Mane. Um, and I don't know why it's so hard to do. I guess it's just because he's been kind of like a a letdown artist a little bit the last couple of seasons, right? I mean, he's got seven goals and two assists in the season. He's been kind of awesome. I mean, that's like actually kind of fascinating. Like, what if I just brought in Sadio Mane? That would be, uh, that'd be wild. Yeah.
1: I think I don't that know it's,
0: why it's so hard to do.
1: I don't think it is. And just um, looking at the downgrading our, our front line and getting rid of that that one premium slot in your forward slots and then suddenly it becomes a real possibility to get money in. and then mm-hmm. i it's sort of like everyone looking around waiting for somebody else to do it to see if it actually works <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. but but uh um, <laughs> so. I, I don't see why it wouldn't work
0: no i agree and liverpool have sewn up their champions league spot you i, I you know we'll see who they line up this this week but um it seems like it would be an opportunity to give maybe sana you know money and sala a rest not yeah. necessarily how klopp operates but it's it's something they could definitely could, they could lose both their next two matches and still win their group. So there really is no reason for them to to play a, a super strong champions certainly they shouldn't do it and then complain about fixture pile up right yeah. uh because there, this, this is your chance to, to rest your players So, um, yeah, I I like him, too, and I think maybe he is uh, flying under the radar. Um, And Eric Eric Freeman we had on the pod, he talked about him a little bit, too. Uh, Proven correct, I would say. Um, All right, two more, Brennan. Uh, American FPL says, what's up with Vardy? I kind of talked about him a little bit earlier, singing his praises. Yeah,
1: I think what's up up with him is that, you know, your hope springs eternal for Watford in game week 13. Um, But beyond that, I don't know how you could have any faith that Lester are going to be great in, you know, the next few game weeks, they looked, they looked really poor against Chelsea, even though Chelsea just stomped them. Um, but you know, rumors swirling around Brendan Rodgers. I mean, what do you, what do you think, Josh is, are the odds on favor favorites for Brendan Rodgers to go to old Trafford?
0: Well, um, I actually think they're not going to make a move down until next summer. Um, and, uh, there's, uh, I don't know, hard to say, I, I guess it probably won't be Rogers cause I don't, I don't think, um, doesn't feel like there's a lot of excitement. I, I feel like man United basically decide what to do based on what the fans mm-hmm. like, how they think it's going to like sell, you know, it's, it's yeah. like less of a,
1: so you're going to have le- to go into the Manchester United app and use your, uh, your devil bucks yeah. to vote who the next manager will be.
0: I could see them not doing it just because they're worried about the fan response. And, and maybe, the, I mean, the fans would probably be right. It would be hard to be super excited about it, even though he's taken Leicester almost the, if, if Leicester just qualified for the Champions League once, I feel like there's something about those late collapses two years in a, two years in a row mm-hmm. combined with the late collapse of the Liverpool team, the Gerrard slip season, yeah, sure. where you're just like, this guy feels like he can't quite pull it off. You yeah. know, I, I know he's great at, at Celtic, but
1: yeah. – so I, the the point of me bringing that up is uh, will can Lester bounce back from this funk that they're in? And I, I wonder if they'd almost be better served if Brendan Rogers left. Um, but I mean, Vardy for me is, is leaving at the soonest opportunity for me. Maybe it's not this coming week, but it will be soon. Uh, but I think it's time to just forget that Leicester City exists in the fantasy game for the Uh, the near term.
0: It's not fun, right? The energy. you talk about like vibes, the vibes coming out of that club or not bad Bad vibes. I'm not, I'm not feeling that vibe at all. So yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, then Alan Holohan says, what's up with Diaz? Uh,
1: I don't know. Man needed a rest.
0: Uh, (laughs) I guess that's all it was, right? Yeah.
1: I, I don't know. I think that Diaz is probably responsible for me souring on the city defense A couple of weeks ago, he is not the player of the year that he was last season. I don't; he just doesn't seem to be in that in that uh, driver's seat the way Virgil Van Dyke is at Liverpool. I I think he might have just kind of overshot last season, and now um, it's just slightly underwhelming. Diaz. So I I I, yeah. I feel like going back to what we were saying about City Cancelo is the only player that I would consider there. So if you have Diaz, look to move him to uh to another Chelsea defender.
0: It's a weird thing with Diaz too, right? Because it feels like I mean, I don't know. I feel like I'm not I mean, I'm not like an expert in center back player or whatever, but I, I don't feel like I'm watching these matches and thinking like, "Oh, like Diaz ain't it or whatever you know. It's like it feels like he's just as good as he was before. And, and I suppose maybe it's a little overstated. He's only missed two matches um, out of the twelve to start the season. And in my head, I'm feeling I like it's like I'm, I'm starting to see him as like a full on like rotation risk, and it's really not that many. And, and they do have a crucial Champions League match coming up this week. So like you said, maybe he just needed a little extra rest.
1: Needed a need a little, need a little yeah. shut eye.
0: Yeah, exactly. Sleep they play. Up. They have a nice run ahead. I mean, I actually wouldn't. I mean, it's annoying that you just. Like, if you just got him on your bench, that would be super annoying, and I could totally understand the frustration. But I would actually probably keep him still because I do think they've got a nice nice run ahead. I mean, it sort of depends on how many Chelsea defenders you already have. Like, if you only have one, then I think it's fine to, to bring in two, especially if Reese James doesn't start at midweek. I think if Reese James starts at midweek, I think you've got to very seriously wonder if he gets rested. Um, uh, and and Sunday just because they do play they play in Sunday and then again on Wednesday. And so you think one of those two matches, James is going to get rested for
1: who, how do you fit Diaz in though? Is the question, you
0: know, yeah.
1: Cancelo James, Chilwell, possibly Rudiger, Trent, uh, you've got lever uh, I I genuinely don't understand how he fits in the logic of it all. On top of that, what does yeah. Diaz offer that is more than any of those defenders that I just offer? Uh, uh, well,
0: Winfrey. I mean, that's, that's a good point. I mean, I think that um, w- what it used to be was that he did start like every game, yeah. right? That was like, that was what he offered. And so now if there's even like a little bit of risk that he's going to get rotated, that really hurts him a lot. Right. I would say, I think the only way I would say this is that I just don't, as you've been going through the last couple of weeks, I mean, you start moving expensive center backs around and you're just opening the door to a lot of frustration, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think that's, that's what I'm suggesting. It's just like, you know, it's sort of um, when you're like moving high quality players who aren't injured for other high quality players, like it's, it's not like a slam dunk that it's going to work out, especially Mm -hmm. as we go into a period of high rotation.
1: Sure. Yeah. Fair enough.
0: Um, all right well that is that's it uh that's the pod it's uh, a meaty pod Brandon. and lots yeah. to talk about it feels like uh, just one one set of 10 matches and I feel like uh, it's upended a lot of thinking that <laughs> that we did over the international break you know a lot, lot you new know.
1: truly truly yeah and I, I feel like I feel like I my sense from this pod is that now we are reach we are finally getting to that point in the season where we we we, see what's going on. We have a pretty good lay of the land. Um, and, uh, uh yeah. Knowledge is power, Josh.
0: Yeah. I mean, we'll see, we'll see how much the, uh, African African of nations upends things. I mean, at the very least we're going to be in a situation where we have to think about our captaincy again. Yeah. I think that's going to be interesting, but we, got, we we have another month for, I really have to worry about that. We've got like 17 fixtures before that comes around. So, uh, lots of time, uh, to go a lot of time to think about that. Thanks to everyone for listening to the pod though. And uh, if you're an American, happy Thanksgiving. I feel like you and I. This is always a tough pod for me, Brandon. The one before Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. I, it's like I, my favorite holiday. I always look forward to it, and it, it's always looming. It's always like uh, things to be planned for it. So, um, thanks for sticking with us uh, this week on the podcast. And. We'll be back next Sunday with the new pod. We'll be back at midweek as well, or I guess probably late in the week with our with our Patreon pod too. So, good luck. Uh, reach out to us in the Slack. And just a reminder that uh, Saturday is our Slack only day. We're going to be spending the entire day chatting with Slackers during those matches. So, we hope to see you there.
1: Great. And uh, I'll thank our producer patrons real quick. Josh, Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, Brian T, the Big Gaffer, Bobbus Coon, Jeff Husby, Ben Grant, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Travis West, Victor Forbig, Skogang, Paul Hertzick, Andy Portlock, Toothless Gibbon, Lizzie Rostel, Anton Markov at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Kieran Screeton, Francis Mann, Chris Carter, Blue Nose Stew, Mikey Uon, Bruce Kerr, Sam Schauer, Rich Evans, Future Media Group, FPL, Ben Sweeney, George Kinney, Shermore Marjoria, Ram Frost, AJ, Jeremy Spiker, Lazaros Yanos, Jesse Halstead, Matthew Becker, Caleb Robbie, Todd Byerley, Alper Poxoy, Martin Ospeth, Lee Hickman, Volger, Paulson Kruger, Jazz Binning, Francis Moore, Managed by Lasso, James Keatley, and Keegan Walsh. Great review. Subscribe to Always Cheating wherever you get your podcast. Follow us on social media at Twitter or at Hell Cheaters, Instagram at Hellcheaters, and uh email, Hellcheaters at gmail.com for all this information and more, including a link to our Always Cheating Super League, which Josh, you're about to go to bed thinking about, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Brad, this, just a quick a, a quick shout-out, by the way, to Chris Howell, Andy Penn, Martin Savage, and Brian T, because they got cut off in that the top of the page on that producer. Thank you. So I wanted to. The producers listen, you know. I we get grief sometimes if we miss a producer on there. So I want to never,
1: never show. miss a producer. That is our <laughs> mantra. That is our mantra. All right, Joshua, um, Poku forever is how I'm gonna sign off tonight.
0: All right. Well, cheers everybody. Good luck this weekend, next weekend, whatever weekend is coming up. Bye.